I didn't announce it this morning in case it stopped anybody from coming tonight. <laughs> but we're going to have part two from where I was this morning <laughs> because it was too much for me to get done in one message and so I've divided it in two. And we're going to turn again to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I did have a scripture. Cameron said I didn't have a reading, but I did have a reading. But it's just a couple of verses, so I thought I might as well just read the verses when I get up, get up here. And we're going to go again to those two verses that I repeated this morning. And then from there, we're going to go over to Hebrews and chapter 12 and the first two verses. So 9 and 10 of 2 Corinthians 5. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And then to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So the same heading that I had this morning. What we focus on will determine the way we live. This morning you remember that we considered the importance of our spiritual well-being. And the importance of remaining spiritually fit by the daily renewal of the inner man. And this evening, as we continue on the same sort of theme, I want us to set our focus first upon Jesus, and then secondly, upon eternity. For as we focus in these two ways, thinking of Jesus and thinking of eternity, it will help us to determine the way in which we will live our lives in this present age. See, if I truly see Jesus, and if I fully appreciate what he has done for me, I will want to keep focused on him. That means that within the context of those verses there in Hebrews chapter 12, I will want to get rid of any baggage that will hinder me in the race that I'm running or would cause me to blur my focus or take my eyes off Jesus. Photography is my main hobby. I love two things. I love reading and I love photography and I've always been involved in photography and uh, I know obviously with that that in photography that to get a good picture the focus is essential. Essential. Because it's only got to be slightly out and the photograph is not 
to the quality that you want it to be. And likewise, I believe with our Christian walk, our focus on the Lord Jesus is essential. We need to get an accurate focus upon him and keep that focus on him. Because if we don't, we're going to find that our life will not be the kind of life that it should be as men and women who claim to love Jesus and claim to live for him. And I believe in the day and age in which we're living in that the believer runs the risk today of carrying far more baggage than ever before. We can get sidetracked with so many things. Our attention is grabbed by many things. Our interests can be captured by so many things. Our time can be taken up with so many things that it is far too easy to lose track of what is important and to lose the focus we should have on Jesus and of the things that really matter. At the risk of having it said, oh, not again, I believe that many believers have lost their focus on the need for fellowship, for regular fellowship. And in the day and age in which we're living in, it has never been so easy to be able to get to a place of worship with all the transport means and everything else. And our foreparents, and I know when I think of my grandparents in particular, they lived way up in the Black Mountains, down in the hills there between Breckenshire. And for them to have got to church on a regular basis, they would have to have traversed miles just to get to a place of worship. Today it's so easy for us. And yet the easier it is to get to church the less believers seem to be finding themselves in church, in a place of fellowship. Way back in 1997, I went to Latvia on a mission trip, and it was right in the middle of their winter because we left the UK in the November, and we drove, we took a, 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 a bus, two of us drove the bus that was converted, so it was going to be full of... Um, humanitarian aid two of us drove the bus and at the moment we went over uh, into Belgium and then through into Germany we, we began to hit the winter and snow and the further we got through Poland then into uh, Lithuania and then into Latvia there was a foot 18 inches of snow for all the time that we were there it really was the deep of winter and on the Sunday morning when we came to meet together uh, for the service, people were just beginning to arrive from everywhere. Uh, and for those that you know, John uh, Yeoman was obviously here as the pastor. It was the church that he pastored uh, before he went there. Uh, and uh, I remember afterwards this lady came in and she was dressed up really warm. She was an old lady. She was an elderly lady. And we learnt that this lady had walked from the neighbouring country, which was a Russian state still. She'd walked in the middle of winter, so eager she was to get to the house of the Lord. And so that's one area where so many believers seem to have lost their focus on the need for 
fellowship. I want to look primarily tonight on the importance of our focus, focusing correctly in the present because of the future that God has prepared for us. Focusing correctly in the present because of the future that God has got prepared for us. But before we focus on the future, it's important to focus on our present blessings. See, I choose to live for the glory of God because he is daily pouring out and providing spiritual blessings for me. And every day is filled with the blessing of the Lord. Even the difficult days, the hard days, they are still filled with the blessing of the Lord. And if we truly appreciate what God has done for us and is continually doing for us through Christ, we would be doing all we can to ensure that we remained focused upon him. If we can't see the blessings every day, then I suggest we've lost our focus. We've lost our focus. We'll have allowed other things to cloud our view. And it was Jesus himself who said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. In other words, if we focus on hungering and thirsting after righteousness, we will be filled. And so if our focus is on Jesus, we will be fed, we will be filled, and we will be satisfied. And I believe we'll be satisfied to the point that nothing else will be of importance to us, but just that which matters for eternity. But then, as I mentioned this morning, we need to focus on the new body that he's preparing for us. And if we truly focus on what God has already prepared for us, we should be determined to live as we should in this body, this tent, knowing that one day we will be clothed in our heavenly dwelling. I've mentioned as I've spoken over the last 12 months of the subject of justification, sanctification, mortification, and glorification and just a couple of verses here from 1 Corinthians 6 11 Paul says and such were some of you but you were washed you were sanctified you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God and Romans 8 30 which says and those whom he predestined he also called and those whom he called he also justified and those whom he justified he also glorify and in my text today in Hebrews we read that Jesus is the author or the founder and he's the finisher or he's the perfecter of our faith and Paul reminds us in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 that he who has started a work in us will complete it that is in having saved us he has justified us and in his ongoing work of salvation, he is sanctifying us. And in completing our salvation, he will glorify us. And that's wonderful. 
but we have our part to play as well, as well. And that is where mortification comes in. We put to death the deeds of the flesh. We die to self. We choose to live for Jesus. Therefore, our future glorification is dependent not only on what Christ has or is doing, but on our being willing to live focused upon him, daily taking up our cross and walking with him. I believe that I cannot come to Calvary and then live as I please. In coming to Calvary, a change must happen. My focus must be redirected onto that which is eternal, rather on that which is temporal. And so with eternity in mind, I must be determined to live for Jesus. I must live being focused on Jesus in the present, being careful with what I do with this tent, for although it is temporary, as a believer, our body is the dwelling place or the temple of the Holy Spirit. And 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And then 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. So if I focus on the new body that's been prepared, mm -hmm. then in the present, I will make sure that I live correctly and rightly in the temple, the body I'm living in now but then we should also focus on the beamer seat we forget about the beamer seat there's going to be a day when we're going to stand before God and 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 says for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body whether good or evil and 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to 15 says, Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. And then James 3.1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. So I live focused on Jesus now, knowing that one day, the spotlight is going to be focused on me at the beamer seat. I live knowing that one day I will have to stand before God and give an account. Therefore, in the present, we must aim to please him and not ourselves. Because how we live now will impact the future at the beamer seat. Now, when we stand at the beamer seat, 
It will not be a judgment of sin. And it will not decide our eternal destiny. Because the sin has already been dealt with. And my future in Christ is secure. But it will be an account of how we have lived as God's children. It will be an account of how we've handled the talents that he's given us. It will be a judgment or an account of how we have lived as salt and light. How different have we been to those around us who do not believe in Jesus? Now a school, we know, a place of education, has to have every so now and again an Ofsted inspection. And I know that when Elaine says that when she worked in Rill, and the same where they are now, that if they're going to have an Ofsted inspection, then they make sure, before the inspectors come in, that the school is up to scratch. They make sure that they're going to get a good report. They want to make sure that they come out with an excellent report. And you and I, as men and women, who have been washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the day is coming where we're going to have an inspection. We're going to stand before Christ and give an account. Therefore, we should be focused on the present in ensuring that we are actively doing everything we spiritually can to ensure that when we stand before him, we will get a well-done commendation. Imagine standing in the presence of Jesus and discovering that we've lost out because we were too lazy spiritually, uncommitted, slothful, unwilling to get rid of the baggage, unfaithful in fellowship. We have lived as if the future was not important at all. See, in this world, if someone promises us a reward, if we do well, we would be determined to do well, wouldn't we? I know when I was growing up, my grandparents, my mum and dad didn't do, do, do it so often, my grandparents would say, if you're a good boy today, you'll get this, or you'll get that. So I made sure I was a good boy. <laughs> I made sure to, that I did the best I can because I wanted the treat at the end of the day. And likewise, we promised reward. If we do well, if we run well, if we keep focused on Jesus. And so we should be determined to do well. Not just because of any future reward, but because we want to please our Saviour. And that's what I want to do. I want to please my Saviour. Remember I said this morning about looking at a car I've just finished and beaming with delight. And I want Jesus to, to, to beam with delight as he sees me now. And I also want him to beam with delight when I stand before him and when he hands me my reward. I want to hear his voice speaking tenderly to me. Well done. Well done. Therefore, I must be determined to live focused on him now. Focused on living for him and pleasing him now. So if I focus on the beamer seat, knowing that one day I've got to give an account, I will be determined to live or focused on what really matters now. And finally, 
I also focus beyond the beamer seat to eternity itself. It's going to be a long time. A long, long time. It's forever and ever and ever and ever. And so we focus on what's going to be eternal bliss. I want to keep focused on Jesus now. I want to run the race now, knowing that he's got eternal bliss prepared for me. It's amazing. Uh, and we haven't got time to go into it tonight, but just to think about what Christ has prepared for us. But we just go to one scripture, Revelations 21, 1 to 4, and it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. It's going to be an amazing place. When we think that there's going to be no more of these things, no more sin, nothing to hinder us, nothing to bother us. We're going to be in the presence of Jesus. As I mentioned on Friday, we're going to thank him and wonder of his, the moment we arrive there of his amazing grace. And as I said, we can't really put eternity into time, but a million years into eternity, we're still going to be amazed of his amazing grace. And two million years on, we're going to be amazed at his amazing grace. And so if I live focused on what is being prepared for me in the eternal future, I will not want to do anything that would hinder me or prevent me from being there. I want to live to please Jesus. I want to live knowing I'm going to face him. But I want to live knowing that he's got so much prepared for me that I'm going to enjoy through the countless ages of eternity. And so when I think of what God has already done and is presently doing, it is amazing. But what he's got prepared for us in the future, it's out of this world. So it's worth keeping our eyes focused. It's worth keeping focused and running the race and finishing it right to the end. One song we sing, or we used to sing, I don't know whether we sang it year or not, says, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Yes, the world has got so much to offer us. The world has got so much to tempt us with. The world has got so much to try to distract us with. And sadly, there are so many believers that are being attracted. They are being distracted. And their focus isn't truly focused upon Jesus as it should be. But let's each one of us be determined in light of the future to keep our eyes focused upon the Lord Jesus Christ so that we run the race and finish the race. May our lives demonstrate and show 
and display to this world that Jesus has made a difference. And because he's made a difference, whatever they've got to offer means nothing to us because he has got so much prepared for us in the future. So going back to what my title was this morning, what we focus on will determine the way we live. If we focus on Jesus and if we focus on eternity, the things of this world will grow strangely dim. We won't want them. We want to be, won't want to be going to the places of the world. We won't want to be doing what the world is doing. We'll be wanting to live for Jesus. To bring honour and glory to his name. So let's be determined to focus on what matters. What matters? Knowing that it matters because of eternity. Amen.